It's Mattress Firm's President's Day Sale. Right now, save up to $600 when you get a king bed at a queen price and a queen for a twin. Like a Serta Perfect Sleeper Queen mattress now just $499.99. Plus, take home a free adjustable base when you spend just $499. Don't wait. Visit mattressfirm.com or a store near you for our best deal of the year. Your budget stretches further at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. All right, why don't we start first with an enormous weekend of college football. Hell, it got started last night. It got underway last night, and there was some serious jungle karma out front. UCF's Mackenzie Milton, my guest on the program earlier this week, went freaking off against UConn. Check out this crazy stat line. 24-32 passing, 346 yards, five touchdowns, no picks, and toss in 50 more yards on the ground in a less-than-civil beatdown of the Huskies. That's not all. P.J. Fleck, again, again, my guest earlier this week, Got it rowing against New Mexico State. The Gophers, boat race. New Mexico State, 48-10. to Again, I said it on Monday. Peeps are now lining up to get on this show as we speak. And it's not just for a chance to rap with me. It's to get a taste of that jungle karma. But last night's football was just an appetizer before the main event this weekend. A full slate of games. It's going to be an incredible weekend. Starting at high noon. With the lane train, Florida Atlantic, and tackling machine, Aziz Alshire, heading to Norman to take on the Sooners. Love that matchup. And from there, the day only gets better. Washington and Auburn has the chance to be amazing. Miami, LSU, Virginia Tech, and Florida State. The Florida State debut of Willie Taggart. The Nictator finally going to show us what his plan is with his two quarterbacks when he goes up against Bobby Petrino and Louisville. But, but looking at the slate, there is no game more important than the one going down under the lights in South Bend. Michigan taking on Notre Dame. And the reason I say that's the most important game, because when they brought Jim Harbaugh back to Ann Arbor, they did so to win games like this. Period. I feel like I've been saying the exact same thing for four years now. Nobody cares if you're curb-stomping Rutgers or rolling up Maryland or winning a huge out-of-conference game against Colorado. They're paying this dude the same kind of crazy jack as Nick and Herb to win games like Nick and Herb, not Brady Hoke. And those 28 wins and a Citrus Bowl or a little too close to Hoke's first three seasons where he racked up 26 wins and a Sugar Bowl. But at least Brady beat Notre Dame. He did twice. At least he took down Ohio State. He got over on Sparty. I mean, it might feel like beating a dead horse at this point, but how many times can you hear Harbaugh's record against Ohio State and Michigan State? One in five. And that one win came against a three and nine Sparty. Michigan man. I'm not saying anything that you don't already know. Your guy 
was bulletproof when he was out front rocking throwback jerseys and playing seven-on-seven shirtless and sleeping over at recruits' houses and doing baggy things like storming out of media sessions when reporters had the gall to ask him about guys who were missing from the team photo. But you know that seat is getting a little hot when the head coach of Michigan is getting bloodied, bodied by a beat writer from East Lansing at Big Ten Media Days. He came into Ann Arbor with perhaps the most hype of any coach in the history of the Big Ten, maybe in all of college football. A few years later, you've got a third place, third place, and fourth place finish, and you're one in five against Michigan State and Ohio State. What do you have to do this year to demonstrate to the Michigan community that you are on the path to achieving what they hired you to achieve? Well, the improvement will lead to success, will lead to championships. We'll take our next question, Coach, right here. What the hell does that even mean? What did he even say, and what does that even mean? I know this. Saturday, it's all set up for you. Prime time. The historic matchup against Notre Dame. Michigan finally has its five-star quarterback in Shea Patterson, who, of course, transferred from Ole Miss. A defense that should be one of the nation's best. We keep hearing, this is going to be the year. And once again, people are lining up and saying, this is the year in Ann Arbor. Well, it better be. And it better start Saturday night. Because if it doesn't, get ready for a long uh, season. And if it is, given the talent this guy has on both sides of the ball, this might be his last season. Now or never. And it starts tomorrow night. Michigan v. Notre Dame. What do you think is going to happen in that matchup? What do you think is going to happen in any of the matchups coming up this weekend? I'm fired up. Got some college football. Got underway last night. Lots of jungle karma there. And some really good matchups this weekend. Oregon State and Ohio State. Yeah, I know. At last check, there was a 39-point spread in that game. And so, we are joined right now by a very good friend of the program. He also happens to be the president and the CEO of MasterBuild. Of course, I'm speaking of John McLemore. John, it is great to have you back on the program. Bring me up to date. How are things? How's the family? Yeah, man. The family is great, Jim. I tell you, we are... Uh, we're extending our family, obviously, with uh, with our, our kids getting married and uh, starting to have some kids. Things here at Masterbuilt are phenomenal. Um, you know, life is pretty good for us. We're all working extremely hard, and uh, there's nothing better than doing all the things that you do with your family and friends, whether you're at work or at home, than smoking some amazing food, brother. Exactly. And I'm going to get into that right now with you. But let me ask you this, John. It is almost college football season. I know how strongly you and your son, John, both feel about that. You are diehard college football fans. How pumped are you then to fire up the master build and get some father-son time around the smoker and the tube? And to that point, who is going to do the cooking? Yeah. um, You know, I think I'm probably going to do most of the cooking outside. Uh, John does it with me. He also does it at home. But I tell you what, there's nothing better than having the TV out on the back patio, firing up the smoker, whether you're going to cook your favorite ribs or John's favorites or the chicken wings. And you have 
so much capability. If you're going to watch that game by yourself because you're one of those fans that just can't take the pressure of having folks around you, you just cook a little bit of food. But if you're like us, you bring the party to the house, and with the Masterbuilt Smoker Gym, as you know, it allows you to have the capacity to cook enough food to feed the entire family, your friends coming over. Heck, you could invite the football team over <laughs> and serve up some food for them. So, John, you're right. I do know that. I know that to be true. <laughs> now, I'm glad you brought this up, This the notion of an outdoor cooking experience. What is it about Masterbuilt products that make the outdoor cooking experience different? That, that is a great question. In today's world, there's a lot of products that people can cook on. And what is so amazing about the Masterbuilt, whether it's the electric smoker or the new Thermotemp propane smoker, it allows you to roll your sleeves up and get involved with the cooking if you want to, or it allows you to set the temperature, put the food into the Masterbuilt smoker, kick your feet up and watch the game or the race or whatever it is you want to do, hang out with the family and the friends, and let the Masterbuilt Smoker do the work. It's also amazing what we're hearing from so many people out there, Jim, as you very well know. If you've never smoked food, it's so easy. It makes the experience amazing. And if you've been smoking food your entire life, and even some of these folks that go around the country and cook at these competitions, the Masterbuilt product allows you to put your food in, and it does all the work for you. It takes all of the guesswork out. You don't have to monitor the temperature. Some of the products that we have have Bluetooth technology. They have temperature uh, probes that allow you to insert it into your meat so that you can perfect the internal temperature. You can pair up your favorite woods. You can go to masterbuilt.com and get some amazing recipes, whether it's just in the recipe form or on our videos. And have that experience when you're in your backyard not only hanging out with your family and friends and watching some football, but when you sit around, the food is so amazing. Uh, if you don't have friends now, you will have friends when you get through cooking some food on the Masterbuilt Smokers, guys. Oh, believe me, some of my listeners need to hear that, too. John McLemore <laughs> is the president and CEO of Masterbuilt. Did you hear that? If you do not have friends now, you will soon. John, go back to the other point. I think this is really important. For those who have not done this before, how does Masterbuilt help to take away the intimidation factor when it comes to smoking? Um, that, that is a great question. When, when people want to have a good cooking experience with Masterbuilt, you basically, for example, on our electric smoker, you set the temperature, you set the time, you put one small handful of wood chips into the wood chip loader, load your food on one of the four racks with the front load access, and basically let the Masterbuilt smoker do all of the work. With the temperature gauges or probes that you have to put into some of your meats, you can, with the click of a button on your phone, on some of the Bluetooth models that we have, know exactly what the, the temperature of the food is, how much time you've got left on your, on your time, and relax and let Masterbuilt do all the work. If you want propane, the new Thermotemp propane smoker has the same technology that our electric smokers do by allowing you to set the temperature. Most of my uh, recipes are going to be smoked between 225 and 275. You can set the temperature on the Thermotemp propane smoker 
and it automatically maintains the temperature. It doesn't matter the ambient temperature outside. It doesn't matter how much food you put in, how often you check your food. It will maintain the perfect temperature control during the entire process. And again, with the wood chip loaders that we have, it allows you to put in your favorite wood chips, all available with with, uh, good content on masterbuilt.com. So the folks can have that experience of cooking in their backyard and, again, sitting around at the table and high-fiving and saying, man, we cooked this food together and we're going to enjoy it together. We're talking to John McLemore. He is the president and CEO of Masterbuilt. You know, John, having spent some time with you and your family, I'm not, I'm never surprised by the sort of passion and the energy you bring to this. But as I look at some of the users, as I look at some of the customers, it's amazing the way they take to social media and the way they share and they show off their cooking prowess with your products. How does that make you feel and what do you make of that? It, it, it makes us super proud because what is so great about some of the recipes and the content that we have out there in our videos, it actually came from our fans. It comes from the Masterbuilt employees. Uh, as you'll know, you'll see me cooking on our, on our uh, YouTube channel with, uh, for instance, Daryl Kraft, who has amazing ribs. I've been doing some of the recipes with my son, John. And these, it, it's exciting because what they're sending into us that they are so proud of and taking pictures of and posting out there on social media is because they're having a great experience. And again, what we're hearing is what we've been saying throughout this interview is it is so easy. You don't have to stoke the wood. You don't have to worry about building a fire. You don't have to worry about maintaining the temperature. Whether you're cooking on the electric smoker with Masterbuilt or our propane smokers, we've basically taken all of the guesswork out so that that cooking experience is exactly what the customer's looking for. All right, so John, for Labor Day, if somebody is looking to take this on and they haven't yet, or even if they have, what are the top two or three recipes in your mind for the Labor Day weekend in September? I I would always have to say ribs, and we've got some amazing ribs uh, recipes out there on our videos. Um, One of my Favorite recipes, if you want to have a, um, a little bit more of a, an elaborate meal, call it, is a prime rib. We have a smoked prime rib that we do on the Thermotemp that is crazy good. And what's amazing, when you're going to spend that kind of money on a piece of meat, um, make sure that you perfect the recipe. The other thing that we do with the prime rib is cut it up and serve it as sliders. So when you're watching the football game, uh, you don't just think of doing a, a Boston butt pulled pork slider. Serve your friends a prime rib slider, and even if their team loses, they'll come back the next time to watch football with you. Uh, and, then, and then the <laughs> other the go-to is, is chicken. One of the least expensive things that you can serve up uh, is chicken and kielbasa sausage. The chicken takes about four to five hours to smoke. The kielbasa sausage takes about an hour. So if you want to do a quick recipe, we've got you covered. If you want to do a long, slow recipe, we've got you covered. And if you want to serve the entire neighborhood with the capacity that Masterbuilt offers, we've got every basis covered. Great content out there on Masterbuilt.com. Great customer service with our team here uh, in Columbus, Georgia. 
Um, so we want to make sure that if you're going to be cooking on a master belt smoker, um, your experience is exactly what it needs to be. And if you've got any questions, we're there to help you. So the product line is great for a beginner. It's great for a professional. It's great for somebody in between. The team is there to help. The only question left then is where do our listeners go to find master built products? They go to masterbuilt.com and check us out. We're out there also on Facebook and Twitter. And um, anything that they need should be at their fingertips on our website. So check us out um, and or give us a call uh, to our customer service. Uh, the products are available at just about every retailer across this great country of ours. So get one for the Labor Day weekend. Enjoy some amazing foods. And please, everybody out there, take a picture of what you're cooking and send it in to Masterbuilt. We want to know what you're cooking, how your experience is, and what we can do to make it even better. And don't you dare think about going into Labor Day weekend without your Masterbuilt. John McLemore is the president and the CEO of Masterbuilt, a very good friend of the program as well. John, it is so good to get caught up. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate the partnership on this program, and it's great to have you back, John. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jim. And tell everybody there we said hello and uh, look forward to seeing y'all next time. Boise State head coach Brian Harson joins us. Brian, good morning. Nice to have you back. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, we're just uh, getting on the bus here to head to practice and get our guys ready. One final few touches on uh, the plan and get ready to go. Love it. Thanks for finding time for us. So let me ask you that. You're on the bus on the way to practice. You're about 24 hours away from the season opener against a really good Troy team. So exactly what is that mood and the vibe like among your players and your coaches right now? Yeah, I think just excited. You know, we've been through camp. We've been going against each other for so long. Now it's time to go out there and play someone else. And they've worked extremely hard from February to get to this point. Now it's time to go out there and trust our training and go play and cut it loose and against a really good football team that we played against last year. So we're excited for that. Guys are, you know, just a lot of energy um, and ready to go play. I mean, one final touch, like I said today, but I think the mindset is get out there, cut it loose on Saturday and see where we're at. We're talking to Brian Harson. You know, I said in the introduction, and it's so hard to imagine – this this really your fifth season. I mean, does it feel, knowing that, does it feel like this team is really fully your team in your program now, given that you've been there five years? Well, Jim, I felt like when I came in in 14, um, you know, Coach Peterson and I were together for a long time, and a lot of those players, I knew most of them. I wasn't gone that long. And, and I think the, the guys at Boise State, you give them a good plan and you get them out there, they're going to work hard. And that's exactly what they did. So really through this, these five years and up to this point, I think every player in our program has been you know, completely into what we're doing and our plan. And this group now, yes, we have all the guys we recruited um, are our guys at this point. But I feel like every player since we've been there, you know, they acted like Broncos. They, they buy in, they work hard, and they, they put their best foot forward every single week to go out there and try to win games. So – I've always felt that way and, you know, excited about this team. I feel like they've got a lot of those same qualities and um, quite a few guys back that, that feel it's nice to have. And um, Their mindset, you know, is the same as what it's been in the past, just trying to go out there and play our very best when we do. We're talking to Boise State head football coach Brian Harson. You do have a lot of guys back, including your senior quarterback, Brett Rippon. Now, as you look at him, when you went back and you were recruiting him, what do you remember about that process? And then what do you make of the player and the leader that he's grown into? 
Well, what I remember about Brett, really good football player, really smart, um, and just through the process, a guy that was committed to wanting to be a Bronco the entire time. And so uh, I feel like, you know, just his, his mentality is what fits our program, especially at that position. And then being thrusted into playing um, his freshman year. You know, from that point on, he's, he's always showed great qualities of being a leader. He's always prepared himself well. But I think at this point now, he's at another level when it comes to his own preparation. Every practice, every rep, every day is a great focus, attention to detail, which is really hard to do, in my opinion. And he's been doing that. So I hope all that shows up when we go play because he's worked really hard to get to where he is right now. And I think he's done a heck of a job with our team to just getting them in the same frame of mind each and every day so we can be better each every practice and, and go out there and improve. You see, I think it's also not only has he worked hard to get to where he is right now, it has not been easy. As an example, he might be a four-year starter, and he may leave as one of the most decorated quarterbacks in school history, but again, that does not mean it's easy. There have been some rough times and some challenging times when he wasn't playing. At those times, what did he show you in the way he handled those challenges? Well, we say it all the time, football will humble you. And that's all part of it. It's a developmental game. So, it, you know, even if you're a four-year starter, you're still trying to improve and then get better. And last season, uh, we had Montel playing for us. That was part of our plan. And every player on our team knows, hey, control what you can control. And, and that was a coach's decision. And all Brett could do is come in there and take care of his reps, his opportunities. And he did exactly that. But what he showed us, the leadership, the maturity, and all about whatever it takes for us to be successful. It doesn't matter what position you're in. Uh, that's what your mindset is on this football team, I hope. And he showed that last year. And I thought that went a long way with our team. I thought that went a long way with what we were able to do last season and uh, get back into that championship game. We're talking to Brian Harson. So you've got a tough challenge in Troy. In fact, I had Troy head coach Neil Brown on the program the other day. He was talking about how you and your program are the gold standard for him in terms of what they aspire to be. I know you hear this a lot, but what is it about Boise State that has not only reached this level, but has allowed you to sustain the success you've had for quite some time? Well, I think it goes back to the the type of players um, and the coaches that we've had in our program. I think we've just had a, a, a really good connection as far as what we're trying to get done culture-wise, how we want to work each and every day. Uh, and I think that consistency has been has carried through. Um, and, you know, we haven't deviated too far away from what our formula is when it comes to just getting the right guys in our program. And you've heard OKGs, our kind of guys. Uh, it really does come back to that. And if we get the right players in the program, uh, they're going to work hard. I think we'll have a good plan, and we're going to go out there and, and try to execute it each and every week. So to me, it goes back to that, just just kind of sticking to what we believe and who we are and not getting too far away from that, I think it's helped us sustain success. And, you know, now every year is different. You know, 2018, we haven't done anything yet. Coach Brown has done a great job at Troy. Uh, very good players, very good team. So, you know, this is a huge challenge for us, but 
I think our guys, they, they know that, they understand it, and we'll be ready to play on Saturday. We're talking Boise State football for another moment or so. Brian Harson, my guest. Let me ask you this. You step away from the field for one moment. The school recently added a director of athletic performance psychology in an effort to connect with the athletes and help them with their mental health. And as you've said, if you want to get physically stronger, you go to a gym. If you want to get better cardio, you run. But for a long time, people did not know how to address the issue of mental health. How much has that changed now? I think it's changed tremendously. I think that's one area that, you know, so many programs, and and us included, are paying attention to. And and it's important because of, you're right, you you lift, you run, and then, you know, these athletes, they have have school, they have football, they have all these things on their plate. They have certain things they have to do each and every day or eligibility requirements. Um, You know, they can't go out there and just do what, what anybody else does. Uh, it's just a higher standard. So, you know, really it's more so about how do you how do you mentally handle all these things each and every day? And, you know, as we get older, I think it's a little bit easier because we've been through the ups and downs and we have a better formula. But that's really what we're trying to do is just help our guys understand how to handle the day-to-day, how to operate at a high level that they're expected to each and every day and to not let that become overwhelming. And I think it's, a wonderful way of getting these guys better, not just in the sport, but also in life when they leave. You know what? The challenges they're going to face, because they just left maybe at a really high level of playing, and they may not play again. Now they got to go back to the bottom, work their way up, and they understand how to handle those situations. They're going to be more successful. So I think it's a great a great thing we're doing. I think it's great for you know people paying attention to it, and we certainly feel like we're moving in the right direction. I agree. Well said. One last thought. I know you're getting ready for Troy, but not only them, but the conditions and the humidity. Your cornerback, Tyler Horton, said that the conditions, if they get rough, he's got a plan, and the plan includes pickle juice, bananas, and mustard. <laughs> That's a heck of a list, an amazing combination. Are you personally going to be dining on bananas and mustard and then washing it down with pickle juice? Hey, if that's what it takes, whatever it takes, we'll have a, a can of mustard on the sideline there. Uh, we have a plan. You know, we've, we've put ourselves in a position to, to be prepared for the elements, and that's just part of camp. I think it's fun to kind of break it up that way and do some of those things and, and kind of change just the monotony of camp. But the bottom line is we play in so many different environments, altitude, cold, heat. And, you know, I tell our guys all the time, you can do anything for four hours. So I think that's really our mindset. We kind of had a little fun with it, but in reality, um, it doesn't matter. You know, rain or shine, hot or cold, we're going to go out there and play, and our guys will be ready to respond. And I think we've given them enough to understand how to handle those challenges. Brian, I'm going to remember that. When i got to hit that Friday workout that I want nothing to do with, I'm going to remember your point. You can do anything for four hours. They open up their season at Troy tomorrow. Boise State 11-3 and last season, and they had that second Mountain West title. Brian Harson, their head coach. Brian, really appreciate it. Thanks for mixing uh, us in, finding time for this one, especially on the way to practice. Really appreciate you. Hey, appreciate you, and go Broncos. People have been asking me what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I do not know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you have to check out my bookie. Remember this, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. This is why I tell my people to bet with my bookie. It's no longer about getting your bet down before the game. My bookie is all about in-game wagering. Trust me, they are the best bet this season. They've been in business 
for years. They have great reviews online and their mobile site is very easy to navigate. Lay down some cash, win big right now. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. This is why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. And they have in-game live betting. The most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code Rome to activate that offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. Do not forget to use the promo code Rome when creating your account to get that bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. You know, and again, I want to say this I do not root ever for anybody or anything other than something to talk about. I don't have a favorite team. I don't have a favorite guy. I don't have a favorite gal. I don't have a favorite sport. I don't have a favorite anything. I'm totally objective. I don't have favorite things. I just don't. But let me say this. To me right now, there is not an athlete more compelling or more interesting to me personally than Jalen Ramsey. I'm all about this guy. And if you put Jalen Ramsey in your magazine or on your TV show or on your team, if this guy shows up anywhere at all, I'm in. I'm all in. So, of course, I was going to be fired up when I saw that he sat down with Mina Kimes from ESPN. It's just that after that great GQ piece, I didn't want to get my hopes up. I mean, what more did that guy have to say? What (laughs) What was left for him to say after what he said in that GQ piece? There was nothing left. So I didn't want to get too hyped. Because nothing ever lives up to the hype, except for Jalen Ramsey. He is the exception because Jalen Ramsey delivers every single time. Why don't we start out with this? The exchange that the two of them had about a possible matchup between Ramsey and his girlfriend's older brother. He dates Golden Tate's little sister and, in fact, has a child with her. So when asked about that matchup, a matchup, a potential matchup with Golden Tate, Ramsey said, quote, yeah, he wouldn't want that. Would he give you any trouble? Quote, none at all. Golden's pretty fast. Quote, not fast enough. In other words, Golden Tate, Super Bowl champ, pro bowler, Bolitnikoff winner, all-American, sit the hell down. And then Jalen, he was just getting started. And don't think for a second that this is some act. My man's serious. For example, Kimes writes, quote, I asked him when he first thought he'd play in the NFL. Quote, out the womb, he says, cutting into a piece of steak. I laugh, he doesn't. His girlfriend tells this story in the piece. Quote, Ramsey was playing basketball with his nine-year-old nephew and the kid's friends. He was dunking on them, she says. Later, Ramsey's mother stepped onto the court. He dunked on her too. End quote. Dunking on a nine-year-old is not enough. He's dunking on his own mom, his own mother. He's dunking on his own mother, the person who made every conceivable sacrifice so he could be in the position that he's in right now, and he's throwing down in her face and letting her know about it. The piece also talks about the story of how he went to Florida State to play for Jimbo Fisher. He started immediately, the first true freshman corner at FSU since Deion Sanders to start. So for a guy who's not short on opinions about anybody and everything, 
Ramsey describes Fisher as, quote, okay. That's all he said, okay. When Mina Kimes tells Ramsey that she has never met Fisher, Ramsey says, quote, you're not missing out, end quote. Boom! Have some, Jim Bob. Roasted. If dunking on your mom was vicious, that's even more so. Ramsey just dunked on Fisher and then hung on the rim for another five minutes afterwards, just staring at the guy. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and guess that you're not missing out is not going on any of AM's new recruiting materials. The fact that he just left it at you're not missing out tells you how little he respects Fisher. And then he got rolling. Here's Ramsey on everybody that he didn't get to in the GQ magazine that's left in the NFL. Rapid fire style. Jalen Ramsey on Antonio Brown. Quote, he's easily the best receiver in the NFL. Easily. Let me just stop right there. This guy's not talking junk. He's not killing everybody. He will give credit where credit's due. Note that. Jalen Ramsey on DeAndre Hopkins. Quote, he's had freaking 100 quarterbacks. All trash. I could be his quarterback. I could literally be his quarterback. End quote. Jalen Ramsey on Danny Amendola. Quote, or is it Edelman? He actually was thinking of Amendola and he's about to go in. Quote, he just got a brand new contract and he's terrible. People think he's so great. No, he's not. Tom Brady made him look good. Tom could take me as a receiver and I would be a first team all pro. End quote. That may sound like he's talking junk, but he's not. Tom Brady could take Ramsey as receiver, and he would be a first-team All-Pro because of how hard they both work. Ramsey on Gronk, quote, I don't think Gronk is as great as people think he is. And there's more, quote, anytime Gronk has been matched up with a corner, he's had a very bad game, and that corner has had a very good game, end quote. Jalen Ramsey on the Dallas Cowboys, quote, I will never play for them unless the Joneses leave, end quote. And Jalen Ramsey on Jalen Ramsey, quote, a lot of people are going to hate me before they like me. I'm perfectly fine with that, end quote. Look, if you still hate this guy and haven't yet moved on to liking him, it's because it's on you, not on him. This guy's the best talker in the NFL and damn near the best player in the NFL. The NFL needs more dudes like this guy. He's great for the NFL. He's great because of that rap that some of you hate so much. He's great because he says things that nobody would ever say. And then he goes out and he backs it all the hell up. And he's able to do so because he's got unbelievable game, talent, technique, and a crazy Crazy work ethic and football IQ. This is one of my biggest takeaways from this piece and having spoken to him on this show. This cat works hard and never, ever stops because he doesn't want to just be great. He wants to be the best ever, better than Dion, better than anybody. And at the rate he's going, he might end up there. And you're going to like him after you finish hating him. But not me, not me. I'm all about this guy. Reminds me of guys back in the day when I came up, guys that I loved. My man, Terrell Buckley. I loved T-Buck. Loved his game, loved his act, loved his effort. T-Buck, and I love T-Buck to this day. T-Buck was never going to be this guy. My man, Jalen Rose, was my guy on the way up. Jalen Ramsey, man, he's different. He's different. 
And he's never going to stop talking, and he's always going to back it up. And whatever you do, do not tell me this guy's bad for the league. Because right now, I'd be hard-pressed to find anybody better for the league than Jalen Ramsey. This is a huge Jalen Ramsey house. I don't play favorites, but I love this guy, straight up. I can't get enough, and I could not respect him any more than I do. Let the record reflect that. Liberty Weekend is officially here, and for some of you, that may mean the consumption of alcoholic beverages. If you're out at a party or a cookout this weekend, please get home safely. Call a ride. Use an app. Get home with a sober friend, but whatever you do, do not drive drunk. Everybody knows about the risks of driving drunk. You could get in a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But let's take a moment and look at some surprising statistics. Almost 29 people in the United States die every single day in alcohol-impaired vehicle crashes. That's one person every 50 minutes. Drunk driving can have a big impact on your wallet also. You could get arrested and incur huge legal expenses. You could possibly even lose your job. So what can you do to prevent drunk driving? Plan a safe ride home before you start drinking. Designate a sober driver or call a taxi. If someone you know has been drinking, take their keys and arrange for them to get a sober ride home. We all know the consequences of driving drunk, but one thing is for sure. You're wrong if you think it's no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. Jimmy Johnson's my guest. Jimmy, good to have you back. How are you? Thanks, buddy. Glad to be back on the show. Great to have you, Jimmy. Thanks so much. Listen, let me jump right into it. You had last weekend off. I know you went out. You got some time away. You did some mountain biking. I bring this up because back in the day, John Smoltz, the Hall of Fame pitcher, would talk about how golf, Jimmy, helped make him a better pitcher, especially from a mental standpoint. Is it a reach or can I say, does cycling make you a better driver? And if so, how? Um, you know, there's there's some crossover, certainly, from the nutrition and hydration standpoint and get out on a good three, four hour ride, you know, it's the same environment that I got to deal with in the race car. So I've used that to directly correlate between the two. But honestly, as, as my fitness has improved and I've kind of met those personal goals, it's more about getting out and clearing my head. Um, so from the mental aspect, um, you know, it's an hour or two a day to go out, clear my head, organize my thoughts. I generally think about the upcoming track or uh, components on the car, direction things are going. So physically and mentally, it's, uh, it's been a great outlet for me. Jimmy Johnson, the driver of the number 48 Chevrolet, joining us. All right, so speaking of the upcoming track, you've got Darlington for the Southern 500. You have three cup wins at Darlington. So as you get ready for that track and that race, what are the most important things in your mind? Um, surviving this track. I mean, it, this track was built in the 50s. And uh, they've put new asphalt down, but it's still a very narrow racetrack designed for cars to, you know, run 100 miles an hour, 115 or something. And we're out here uh, entering turn three at over 180. So mm. it is a very narrow track. Uh, there's something that's called the Darlington Stripe. It's when you get up against the wall at the right side of the car and scratch the car up, and everybody leaves here with one. So uh, just trying to minimize that stripe and the damage and, and use every inch of the racetrack, but, but not overstep that line. The Southern 500 at Darlington Sunday, 6 p.m. Eastern on NBC Sports Network. Jimmy, you're currently 15th in the standings and in position to lock up a series record 15th playoff berth. I know you're not racing to just get playoff berths, but how much pride do you take in that level of consistency from you and your team? Yeah, you're, you're right. There's, uh, there's a ton of pride in the fact that I've made all of our playoffs so far. I do not like the position I'm in and as low as I am in the standings and the fact that I haven't won a race this year. 
Um, it hasn't been from a, a lack of effort. We've been doing everything we can and just haven't just haven't had the stuff this year. Um, the good news is if we make the playoffs, there's still you know a few months of racing left and plenty of time to get things turned around. So uh, we're improving each and every week. We're running better. Our organization at Hendrick Motorsports is performing better. And uh, we're, we're heading in the right direction. We just need to keep our playoff hopes alive and then, then get hot at the right time. We're talking to Jimmy Johnson for a few more moments. You know, one of the topics, Jimmy, that comes up on the show quite a bit when you talk to elite performers is what is the tougher challenge? Is it breaking through to win a championship for the first time or is it maintaining that success over the years? Where do you come out on that? Man, I don't know. I, uh, what, what first comes to mind is just winning the first. I had to get away from me and I wasn't sure I would get another look at a championship. Um, so that's pretty vivid in my mind. Although what I'm living through right now, trying to get our performance back and get back into championship form has been a pretty tough go, but I'll probably need another six months before I can really reflect back on where I am now and, and compare that. Hmm. Jimmy Johnson, my guest, you know, if we go back, Jeff Gordon talks about when he first saw you, he saw car control. So I'm kind of curious, like car control, where does that come from? Was that a natural gift or is that something you developed maybe when you were racing in the dirt? You know, you're right. I think it was the dirt. Um, in fact, where Jeff really spotted me is at the track that I'm inside of right now here in Darlington. And you run right next to the wall, as I mentioned, and you know, you've got two or three inches to, to really play with uh, to create lap time. And there's a level of comfort and car control that comes with that. And I think the crazy environment, racing motocross, racing off-road buggies, off-road trucks, sliding around, being very uncomfortable, having to compromise with you know, while you're inside the car with the elements and the environment on the track has helped me tremendously um, on the blacktop racing in NASCAR. Got another minute or so with Jimmy Johnson. I want to ask you about this. You go back to last month, and you were at Watkins Glen. You're driving, and you see your teammate Chase Elliott slowing down on the backstretch of the final lap. What did you think when you first saw that? <laughs> when I saw him slowing down, I thought he was going to celebrate and uh, do some burnouts and stuff because we were near the main grandstands at that point. So I pulled up and gave him a thumbs up and kind of revved the engine. And as I drove away, I realized he was dead in the water. The car wasn't running. So uh, I, I just felt like I could help him out and uh, give him a nice push around to the front stretch. Well, that was to get his first win. Listen, one last thought. Yeah. I know you're really busy. you got to go. I want to ask you about this really quickly. You're granting your 48th Make-A-Wish today. What does that number mean to you, and what's the whole experience been like for you, Jimmy? Yeah, I just finished it. It is uh, – it is always so humbling to meet these families and meet these young kids that, you know, their, their wish is to meet me. I mean, that's just a, a crazy thing to try to get my own mind around. Um, you know, it's, uh, it just means the world. And, and our sport in general is very, um, very forward thinking and, and very much a charitable group. I have my own foundation, but then it's still at the same time. I love to grant these wishes and participate in other other amazing programs. So it means a lot. It's hard to believe it's 48. I mean, it just means I've been doing this long time. Well, he's the driver of the number 48 Chevrolet for Henrik Motorsports in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Don't forget the Southern 500 at Darlington on Sunday. Jimmy, I appreciate you, man. Great to have you back. Thanks so much. You got it, Ron. Hope to see you soon, buddy. The Getaway Friday edition of the Daily Jungle is brought to you by Stable. Hurricane season is underway across most of the country, bringing extreme wind and rain with little to no warning. It is critical then to make sure your generators, power washers, chainsaws, john boats, and other emergency equipment are ready to use when you need them most. 
Whether you live in a high-impact area or not, planning in advance is a critical step in hurricane preparedness. Stabil, America's number one fuel stabilizer and ethanol treatment, making sure your equipment starts when you need it the most. We are joined right now by Sean Porter. Sean, great to have you on the show. How are you? I'm great, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be on the line with you. You too, Sean. Great talking to you. Thank you very much. Now, we're about a week away from you stepping into the ring in Brooklyn. First things first, Sean, how has your camp been going, and how eager are you to get back into the ring and face Danny Garcia for the WBC belt? Well, I'm, I'm glad camp is pretty much over. Um, we worked very hard um, throughout the camp, and especially in the last two weeks. We've flown in, flew in about six different sparring partners, another coach, and Barry Hunter, who has also going up against Danny Garcia with his fighter, Lamont Peterson. So I think we're full loaded. We're, we're ready to go. All right, so styles make fights. We know this. You've made absolutely no secret of the fact that this is a fight that you've wanted for a long time. Is it because you've wanted to fight Danny Garcia for a long time, or is it because you want another shot at that 147-pound belt for a long time? Well, it's like you said, styles make fights. I think when I, when I first began calling out Danny Garcia, it was – specifically to fight him. I thought that my style was better than his, and I had everything that it took to beat him. Um, since then, uh, Keith Thurman went on to beat him, but after Keith relinquished his WBC title, it, for me, it all became about the WBC title. So I feel like I'm getting the, uh, the two-for-one here with, with Danny Garcia and fighting for the WBC as well. Sean Porter joining us. Now you've also said that you're going to force him to fight you and to make him do things that he does not like to do or is not used to doing in a fight. As you watch him, what are some of those things that he's not used to doing that you think you can take advantage of? All of it. And, and I'm bringing it all to the ring. I think the, the, two, the two biggest things in boxing, actually, I think, number one, you have to be able to um, box you know, going backwards and, you know, if somebody's coming at you, you got to be able to turn and, and fight and, 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 and make them miss. I don't think he's very good at that. And, and you know, my style is one that's very aggressive and, and, you know, come right at you for 12 rounds. And I think the other thing, other thing as well is when a guy is moving away from you, you got to be able to catch that guy, get up on him and, and create offense. And I don't think he's good at that either. I don't think he's very good at creating offense um, unless the guy's right in front of him. So we're going to use it all. We're going to attack him in each and every uh, way, and um, we won't leave it up to the judges. We're going in there to knock him out. Sean Porter joining us. All right, then. So after he beat Brandon Rios back in February, you jumped in the ring, and you started jaw with Danny. How were you, or what were you feeling in that moment, and what do you make of the way he responded to it? Well, I knew he was going to be in Vegas. I live here. And I was like, man, that's, that's prime time for me to, you know, make a statement. And, you know, I didn't know I was going to be getting into the ring until that night. And I made up my mind that I wanted to get in the ring and call him out in front of all the fans in Vegas and the millions that were watching. And, um, you know, I, I, was, I was wanting him to respond exactly the way he did, say, come on, let's do it, come on, let's do it. And, you know, obviously uh, anyone who saw it, he didn't exactly say it that way. But... You know, basically what I wanted him to do was accept the fight in that moment. And I think that's kind of what pushed everything forward to make this fight happen. Porter v. Garcia. That fight's coming up. Sean Porter, my guest. Hey, Sean, you know the deal. When you fight Danny Garcia in the lead-up to the fight, Danny's father is going to say some crazy outlandish things like what he said about Keith Thurman. I mean, what do you make of what his dad has said, and how do you make sure you don't let that get under your skin? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm tough. Um, for me, it, it doesn't matter what you say outside the ring. We, we, we get paid to get in the ring and fight. So I'm not worried about any of the antics coming from the Garcia camp. 
And uh, I, I've had some fun along the way as well. You know, I, I dressed up as his dad on 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 um, Instagram one day and did a little a little video and also you know dro- dressed up as Macho Man Randy Savage and, and called out Danny Garcia. I've had some fun and I saw just recently I I have had uh, Shane Mosley in camp with me this week and um, we were going through some things and there was a video camera on some some video footage got out and. His dad, in turn, did something I think about two days ago on Twitter, releasing a video kind of mimicking me and Shane Gar- and uh, Shane Mosley. So uh, I hope it, it stays this way, uh, just fun and, and pure uh, competition. Uh, if, it, if it turns in the other way, I'm sure my dad will be right there to handle it. Hey, dude, I got to ask you something. Man, you are loose. You are loose. You're confident. You're having fun. You're enjoying the process. Are you like this before all your fights, much less one this big? <laughs> I, you know, especially this one. Uh, I've had I've had a few opportunities to do commentary for um, boxing, and um, before every every each segment that I've done, I've always reminded myself just have fun, be loose, just have fun, and that's kind of what I started doing with this fight in particular. I just kept telling, I've continued to tell myself, you know, just have fun with this and and stay loose and enjoy the moment. I think there. You know, fighting is so serious and boxing is so serious. Oftentimes, we we don't get to have fun when it's time to enjoy it. You know, so I've been doing my best to do that. And you know, the night of the fight, I expect to be dominant and hopefully have fun in the ring as well. Sean Porter joining us. You mentioned social. Now, in your Twitter bio, you have Northeast Ohio's own. I know you take a ton of pride in your roots. So, what's it mean to you to be from Northeast Ohio and to represent the area on the international stage? I, you know what, man? I keep telling everybody this year I want to get on the Browns football field. I've never been on the field, and it would just mean so much to me to be able to take that WBC title back home to Cleveland and, and actually get on the field with it. That, that's something that I, I dream of doing. I'm a big football fan and a humongous Cleveland Browns fan as well. So I, I, I'm doing this first and foremost for myself. Um, this is um, one of my goals that I, I created for myself when I turned pro. And uh, so that's first, but, you know, second thing is to get back home with this belt and, you know, kind of tote it around a little bit. That's something I never do. So I'm, I'm looking forward to having fun. Garcia V. Porter for the WBC 147-pound belt, September 8th, live on Showtime. Sean, before you go, let me ask you about 2010-2011. You went to the Philippines to spar with Manny Pacquiao. What was that experience like, and what did you take away from those trips? We 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 still talk about Manny and camp. That, that's, uh, you know, what – that whole trip and I, two two different uh, camps amounted to it. Amounted to a lot of learning and amounted to uh, a lot of fun, but also it amounted to uh, us understanding, well, me myself understanding, you know how it really is done to prepare for a championship fight. He he worked extremely hard, and you know that's what I do. You know, so even in camp now, I'm still kind of mimicking the things I would see him do or or say or or how I would see him act because I felt like he, in a lot of ways, was the, uh, it, and still is, the, the epitome of a, of a world champion. Hey, one more guy, if not him, I know you'll agree with this. You're a student of the sports, so you understand. And back in May, you had a chance to wish Marvin Hagler a happy birthday. You've called him your favorite fighter. Man, Hagler was something else. He was unbelievable. What was it that you respect and like so much about him? I'll tell you what, man. And it, I, he just became my, my favorite boxer when I was about 10 years old. I saw a lot in him what I wanted to do myself. He was, to me, the greatest 
um, boxer puncher in the game. That means he could box you from the outside, hit you with punches from the outside. He was fast, but he was also strong and mean. He would come right at you, and oftentimes you, you wouldn't be able to stand up to it. And I absolutely loved it. So my, my first opportunity getting to meet him, I told him, you know, how much – he, his, he meant to me and my career and the things that I do, my style, so on and so forth. And in turn, he, he actually shocked me and told me that I'm, I'm one of his favorite fighters now, you know. So um, him and I have become very cordial and, and have been able to meet up on a, on a few different occasions and have a lot of fun. So for me to tell him happy birthday was, was uh, you know, just icing on the cake to, to what I've been able to do with him so far in my lifetime. It's one of the great controversies of the sport. The decision did not go his way. Where did he come out, Sean? Do you think that he beat Ray Leonard? I, I thought he beat Ray. I and, and being a Ray uh, Ray Leonard fan as well, uh, that fight for me is really hard to score. Um, you know, and and I always put my myself in, in Marvin Hagler's position because I've been there before. When you have you know decisions that don't go your way or or whatever, I just tried to learn from that experience. You know, a lot of people say that. Leonard was stealing rounds at the end of the at the end of each round, and so that's something that as a young fighter you learn from. You learn that you know obviously you can't take your foot off the gas pedal, but in those last ten to twenty seconds, if you really do you know put your 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 foot on the gas pedal, it will leave uh, a lasting impression on on the judges. And so you know I, again, man, I can't say enough of how how prepared I am for this fight inside and out. Yeah, Sean, last thought about that. Ray Leonard, I think you made a great point. Remember, he would steal rounds at the end of rounds because he would have those great flurries and finishes and it would make an impression upon the judge. Think about Ray Leonard, man. He was such an amazing athlete and like like a really handsome guy, like kind of like he had that that young pretty boy kind of thing. But the fact is, man, he had so much heart and so much grit. Like how courageous and how tough a fighter was Ray Leonard, aside from everything he could do athletically. Ray was just so – he's so different as a boxer. Um he just was really, really different. He could have fun. He was so flashy and, like you said, and very handsome as well. Cause was 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 intelligent and articulate. Could speak, you know. So he had he had in his time what a lot of fighters didn't have, and I think that that also helped him in you know in being as successful as he was inside the ring and also outside the ring. And I think that that's one difference in the fighters now. I think you'll see that a lot of us were. You know, we, we're, we're not so much pretty boys, but, you know, we, we, we're, we're handsome. And, you know, we speak a lot, um, you know, a lot better than, than, than they did back in the day. I think uh, a lot of fighters now, you know, take uh, full advantage of the uh, opportunities and education and things like that. So um, I think there's more fighters out there that, that you'll find that are um, and could be compared to uh, Ray Leonard than, than there were in his day. Sean Porter, my guest. Dude, I could talk boxing with you for the rest of the hour, but I'll cut you loose. Meanwhile, the fight is live on Showtime, September 8th, WBC, 147-pound belt, Garcia v. Porter. Sean, great job. Really nice to have you on the program. You hound that like a boss. Good luck in the ring, and I hope you can do it again soon. <laughs> I hope so, too, man. Absolute pleasure speaking to you today. Let's go to Vegas. Hey, Cal, what's going on with you? Yeah, Connor's been ducking me, but, you know, I, I also have a problem with that brain-dead cage fighter, Shale Sonnen. Dude's been coming in here threatening you. After all you've done for him, you made the guy famous for crying out loud. Man, tell Shale, the next time I see him, I'm kicking his ass. Jim, that Masterbuilt smoker is going to look sharp in my new backyard. Feel free to throw in a golden ticket. Jim, you know I got more game than most of these so-called smack-off guys? Man, don't get me started. 
Jim, as we speak, I'm packing my bags for a trip back east. I'm going to South Bend tomorrow to watch my Michigan Wolverines play against the Little Irish. Look for the Wolverines quarterback, Shea Patterson, to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Meanwhile, the nation's premier defense will absolutely dominate this game. Final score, Michigan 28, Notre Dame 10. Book it. Jim, I have an extra ticket to this game, and I thought about giving it to that delusional fighting Irish fan, Mike and Indy, but I can't. That's because Mike's a pervert, and he wants to hook up with my sister. Mike likes to slide into her DMs like some tool. Quote, who's your favorite smack-off guy? Do you like me? I think your brother Cal is funny. Then all she does is reject him. Mike, you're creepy as hell, dude, and you ain't getting those cookies. I got to keep you away from my little sister. I'm afraid you might try to slip her a roofie. And you bet it don't. You bet it don't. Rock him. Cal in Vegas. Wow. Mikey DLC. Hey, Mike, how are you? Jim, I know those Masterbuilt are excellent products, but I'm not calling today to win a third one. I want to talk about this Jeff and Southfield thing. The audio forensic geeks at Radio Shack have completed their analysis of my call structure and take cadence compared to Jeff and Southfield. Because of my undeniable greatness, they have discovered a glaring difference. In neither of Jeff's calls does he tell you how great he is. But in mine, because of my greatness, I tell you constantly. Even after Jeff ran ferocious smack at me, in my response call, I call him a legend. Yes, because of my greatness, Jeff and Southfield has turned me into a beta male. Of course, I'm not really Mike and Indy. I'm Rick! In Buffalo, I called today to talk about that loser, Vic in NoCal. Vic, in your prime, you were beating Hall of Fame comedian Jay Moore into battle, and you even got the better of him a few times. Now you're being baited into battle by a fat ass from Buffalo who isn't even in the Hall of Fame of his local bowling alley. And what's with that phony gangster accent? If that thing gets any more fake, you'll be doing commercials for sleep apnea. Hey, it's Vic and no care. Your snoring is disrespectful. You need to get yourself a zipper. Oh, but I'm not really Rick and Buffalo. I'm deceased comedian Mitch Hedberg. That's right, I'm talking to you from beyond the grave. Much like Yoda, I have learned to commune from the other side. But instead of wasting my time with fools like Obi-Wan Kenobi, I'd rather call the jungle. Dozens of people think Jeff and Southfield sounds like me. From Stephen H. Town to legendary tweeter Alan and Raleigh. That's right, the Alan and Raleigh. But I didn't call to talk about Jeff and Southfield. I want to talk about Vic and Rick. The only thing really separating those two names is the R and the V. So why don't you guys buy an RV and go on a road trip together? When you reach the horizon line, you finally realize you're in love. But I'm not really Mitch Hedberg. I'm Jeff in Southfield. Hey, Mike and Indy, in your calls you dub yourself the Don of the Midwest Mafia. Who you kidding, fool? You're not even the Don of Osmond. You're barely the Don of Don Knotts. But of course, Jeff in Southfield is really Mike and Indy. Jim, I know those Masterbuilt are excellent products, but I didn't call today to win one as much as to talk about someone who's already won one. Rick and Buffalo, even though you already have a smoker by Masterbuilt, we all know you really want your meat smoked by Peterbilt. Give me my master bills. Oh, man. 
I literally have not had a reaction like that to a phone call since Jeff in Southfield was talking about Fonzarelli. Rick, brother, what's going on? How are you? Everything's going really well, Jim. How are you doing? Good, bud. Really good. Hey, Jeff in Southfield, or wherever the hell you are, save that crap for open mic night at your local dive bar. Or maybe you can link it up to your, quote, YouTube comedy channel. Last check, you had nine subscribers. And after that performance, it's probably down to three. But I hope you keep calling, because you make me sound normal. Now, Jim, did Vic and No-Kale really come in here and accuse me of hiding out last week? So let me get this straight. The bitch who went missing after I destroyed them all last year is calling me a coward. Not only has Vic lost his game, the dude's lost his friggin' mind. And your multiple failed attempts at getting the smoker last week were really impressive, tough guy. They were a lot like your multiple failed attempts at getting sacked. Maximum effort, zero return. And we all know what your next move's gonna be, Victor. When you can't get something you want for free, you'll just go out and pay for it, you scumbag. Masterbuilt.com. 300 bucks will get you the smoker of your dreams, brother. War Rob Gronkowski not being as good as people think he is. War me getting fat, drunk, and downright intolerable this weekend. Thanks for the vine, Jim. I'm out. What did I say about this guy? Nice job, Rick. Thanks for the phone call. Rack him. What do you say? War me getting fat, drunk, and intolerable this weekend. If you're ready, Alvy, I am ready. What do you have? Let me know how good a week this was. Welcome to the jungle. My name is Jim Rome. I hope you had an amazing weekend. Nice to have you here. How's your Monday? How's your week? Is it off to a good start? Got a good show for you. TB12 is standing up for his man once again, Alex Guerrero. And that's where things got extremely awkward. Would you say that was true? I said I don't want to get into it. Was he on the sideline on Friday? All right, guys. Have a great day. Once again, Tom, do what you always do. Give some nothing answer and keep moving, and it's not a story. You're the one that made it a story. Julius Thomas. A lot of it started for me with Socrates. You know, he had such interest in life to always constantly be probing people to see their reasoning behind the things they did and see if they really understood their why. Email. Unwar. The first day of fourth grade pictures on Facebook. Please stop. My son is a senior in high school. Janet would not let him out the door without pictures. It never stops. Ross Tucker, my guest. I'm going to write this week about how I was an idiot because I used my helmet all the time as a weapon. I had short arms, Jim, so I would headbutt dudes just to get them to blink so I could then grab them. Looking back on it now, I feel like such a moron. This is way too good of a thing to ruin. Khalil Mack is part of the new Raiders. Blowing it and trading him would be so old Raiders. Get over You're on the right track. Why are you screwing this up? PJ Fleck. I've got to start the interview with the same question I always do. How are you doing? I'm doing elite, man. Thanks for having us back on the show. Giants, Odell Beckham. I want to be legendary. The New York Giants about, yeah, are worth a reported $3.3 billion. Dollars. Wow. They're not Jeez, making a mistake. They're not man. giving wow. him all that money. He but earned the money and he's always. worth the money. Email. Or the rich, high-powered woman paying for Ira's room at the Mary Maybe they'll fall in love, just like Richard Gere and Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. Ira is a streetwalker, 
and there's some rich woman that's gonna send him on a shopping spree and they'll fall in love and they'll get married. Mark Stein, Charles Barkley gave you an incredible quote. Today, my Manu retired. Ginobili got to him. There was nobody like him. The stuff he would try, the passing, the wild. The guy was just a serial winner. I told everybody. I went to see her and OJ was there. Then what happened? I think she might have had sex with him. Sex with me. You think or you know? Yeah. Which? Yeah. Hypothetical. What was he like back then? He was very nice and clean. Okay, Andy, thank you very much. Those are not the same. Yoko was not mimicking somebody stabbing somebody else. You didn't kill him too, did you? That was art. She's singing. No, I killed Oh, I didn't either. Physically better for players. Sure they don't, Jerry. Based on what logic? Why not play 20 then? Why not play three times a week? Why not play double headers? How about a twilight double header in the NFL, Jerry? Would that be safer? Anthony Lynn is my guest. Great to have you back, man. Appreciate you. And always good to have you on the show. Next time I hope my voice is a little better. Coach, you sound great. You're on your grind. I get it. All right, bro. The King of Pops, 60th birthday. The best way to me to remember Michael Jackson is to break out the adult alarm and reset that. You're right, Clint. Like I would do that. Happy birthday, King. Michael Lombardi, my guest. When the players are trying to get the other players to buy in, you don't have a culture. You can't win. You can't win! You can't sustain winning in a league that's very hard-pressed. Or Matt from L.A. getting his jacked-up chiclet fixed by consulting with Jewel and Michael Strahan. So why don't you fire up that ride-along John Deere mower and get the riding off into that sunset. Aziz Alshara joining us on the program. Before you go, let me ask you about Lane Kiffin. Like, I don't know if you're married or anything like that, but if you have a girlfriend, you let go and give her everything you got the first date. And that's kind of how we kind of built the relationship. There was an open bottle of personal lubricant. Worst case scenario, something bad happens to the animal. So Second to worst case scenario, that person on. comes in and has a full-blown orgy <gasps> and leaves the lube out. I misinterpreted information. Jack Flaherty joining us for another moment. Sherman Oaks Literally. Oh, dude! Me too. It all started. Dude, that was that, a fun place to be. Did you keep your 818 phone number? Are you still repping that? Yeah. Always 818. Always remember where you came from. 818, ride or die. Take a quick swing at some of the lower hanging jungle fruit. If you all had to send me a smoker after every bad call, there are not enough smokers on this planet to make that work. We are joined by Bud Black. Jim, always a pleasure. Loved watching you over the years, obviously. And I love those guys who passed the test of time, and you've done it, pal. Put your best feet forward, fellas. May the best man win. Or in this case, the least worst. Where's Reckler? No, you didn't. Buffalo dildos. Ah. Hey, Jim, I went to Jack in the Box this morning for breakfast. I went to the drive-thru and I said, I'll take it. Man, tell Chael, the next time I see him, I'm kicking his ass. Ah. Mike's a pervert. And he wants to hook up with my sister. You're creepy as hell, dude. You ain't getting those cookies. You better don't. I'm Rick in Buffalo. I called today to talk about that loser. Rick and no cow. You need to get yourself a zipper. Oh, dozens of people think Jeff and Southfield sounds like me. From Stephen H. Town to legendary tweeter Alan and Raleigh. Hey, Mike and Indy. In your cars, you dub yourself the Don of the Midwest Mafia. You're barely the Don of Don Knox. Save that crap or open Mike Knight at your local dive bar. Thanks for being real, Jim. What about the pictures? Roll the boats, guy, you might go gophers. Honestly, I don't listen to this show a lot. Buffalo Beetle. The ATM in the club with the $9 withdrawal fee. Bodily fluids on the couch. Jungle car. Is gonna help us out. Go Broncos. Got it wrong. I'm up to you too, Sandy Duncan? Nick Van Smack. Give me my master bill. Good night now. Magical effort, Alvy. Every time I hear that, it reminds me of how good this show is and what we got done the previous week. Good night now.